You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Sometimes the people closest to us can't see past the pothead that you used to be. Can't see past the party animal that you used to be. They can't see past the liar, the thief, the hater, and the jerk that you used to be. They have a hard time with that. But don't give up. Say it out loud. Don't give up. Barnabas didn't. In fact, Barnabas and Paul decided to keep going. Has your past ever come back to haunt you? Has your previous sinful nature created a barrier for you to share Christ? Well, in today's message, Pastor Dion discusses how God changes people's lives. Jesus' blood transforms every single person. He takes your old sinful nature and replaces it with something new. If your past has made it difficult to share the gospel, don't give up. Jesus died for you. He's transformed your life. Take your past and use it in your testimony to show others that God can save anyone. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 14 as he begins his message, Got Faith. So Acts chapter 14, and let's pray. Father, thank you for meeting us here with your spirit and your word. Thank you for teaching us and growing us into the Christians that we should be. And I pray, Father, that as uh, we go through today's lesson, that we will be inspired and ignited in our faith to just follow you, to live for you, and to work for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. For centuries, God had an exclusive ongoing relationship with the Jews. Everybody say the Jews. Yeah, for centuries throughout the Old Testament, God has had an ongoing relationship, exclusive relationship with the Jews. The Old Testament reveals the history between God and the Jews and their special relationship. But God longed for a relationship with the Gentiles, the non-Jews. I mean, all those years in all the whole Old Testament, God had this wonderful relationship with the Jews. But God longed for a relationship with the non-Jews, the Gentile. Everybody say it out loud. The who? The Gentile. God longed for that relationship. God longed for that relationship. We're that non-Jew people. Us. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, you. God longed for a relationship with every single one of us. So God did what needed to be done so that He could have a relationship with everyone, both Jew and non-Jew. And here's what He did. Here's a verse, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So everyone, both Jew or non-Jew, who believes in Him may not perish, but have everlasting life. Aren't you glad He did that? It's so awesome. And Jesus actually came. God did what He needed to do. He sent His Son. Jesus came as the Son of God, the Good Shepherd, the Door. He came as the Bread of Life, the Living Water. He came as the Way, the Truth, and the Life. 
He came as the resurrection and the life. Jesus came as Savior for everyone, Jew and Gentile, everywhere, right? But the mission happened at a particular place and time. When Jesus came, He came and He was born in Israel in the year 32 A.D. So God solved the problem of reaching out and building a bridge to the Gentiles, but it happened in a particular place at a particular time. So the next challenge was to get the word out to everyone everywhere. Salvation was now available for everyone everywhere, but now it was to get the message out to everyone everywhere. One New Testament passage addressed it like this. After all, how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Well, we know that Jesus sent His disciples to share the Gospel. The happening happened. The Savior came. And now the message needed to be distributed. And so Jesus, we know, He told His disciples to share the good news with everyone everywhere. Peter and the apostles saturated Jerusalem and all of the Jews in Israel. Let's give Him a cheer. Great job! You know, great job, Peter. And then Paul became this. Everybody say it out loud. The apostle to the Gentiles. The apostle to the non-Jews. So, Jesus said, we're going to get this message out. Peter saturated all of Jerusalem, all of Israel, and the Jews. And Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. The apostle to the non-Jews. Now, guys, we've been following Paul's footsteps through the book of Acts. And hopefully learning how to share our faith with others. Because after all, we are missionaries in our neck of the woods. And, you know, we may be, guys, very much, we may be the only Jesus some people see. We may be the only Bible some people read. So we've been following Paul and learning about how he shared this gospel message. And so we found out that Paul and his buddy Barnabas left Jerusalem in their rearview mirror. The, you know, that's where it had all started. But they left Jerusalem in their rearview mirror and they began to share Jesus with Gentiles in Antioch, Syria. Here's what happened. Paul and Barnabas decide they're going to leave where it all first started and they're going to come up to Syria to a place called Antioch. And there they began teaching and sharing the word of God with Gentiles. Now guys, there in Antioch was where the first Gentile church began. And it exploded with fruit, with Gentile people coming to know the Lord and coming to a place of relationship with God. And then Paul and Barnabas set out on their first missionary journey to the island of Cyprus. So the church is doing really well, a Gentile church, the first Gentile church here in Antioch, and they decide we got to take this message further. So they take a ship and they go all the way to this area, Cyprus. Everybody say it out loud, where? Cyprus. And we talked about that. It was Barnabas' old stomping grounds. And there in Cyprus, they covered the island on foot, preaching and teaching about Jesus. 
Unfortunately, Barnabas' family and friends weren't very interested. You know how that goes. You're so excited to share Christ with them and you share it. Barnabas said, let's go over to my stomping grounds and let's share Christ there. But his family and friends weren't very interested. It was just as Jesus has said in Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. Jesus said, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Amen? Sometimes the people closest to us can't see past the pothead that you used to be. Can't see past the party animal that you used to be. They can't see past the liar, the thief, the hater, and the jerk that you used to be. They have a hard time with that. But don't give up. Say it out loud. Don't give up. Barnabas didn't. In fact, Barnabas and Paul decided to keep going, to keep sharing, to keep inviting. Here's what they did. They ended up leaving Cyprus, and there weren't a whole lot of converts here, but they ended up leaving Cyprus, took a ship, and came all the way to this particular area, and they docked here in a place called Perga. This is a first missionary journey, and they're taking the gospel into unknown parts. They didn't have many converts the first time, but Barnabas didn't let it stop them. They moved forward. Barnabas and Paul decided to keep on going. They came to this continent called Turkey. Now, guys, this was before the Ottoman Empire, so it was actually called Galatia. Say it out loud, what? Galatia. Before it was called Turkey, it was called Galatia. So they go on up there, and Paul and Barnabas get off the ship at the port in Perga, and they trekked to the biggest city in the region. It was a city named Antioch. Everybody said out loud, what? Antioch. Wait, wait a minute. Antioch again? Listen, there are 42 cities in the United States named Greenville. There are 27 cities that are named Fairview. All right, so two Antiochs shouldn't mess you up, all right? So here they go, come from Antioch, go to Cyprus. Now they go up to Turkey or to this area called Galatia, and they get off the boat, and they trek north all the way up to this place called Antioch. Now, Paul shared the gospel of Jesus with the people in Antioch, and most of the Jews there were unresponsive. They were indifferent. They were uninterested. You know, they would rather be checking, I don't know, checking the air in their tires, you know, straightening out their stereo wires. They, they, they had someplace else to be, I guess. But the Gentiles that were there at the service were hungry to hear more of what Paul had to say about Jesus and salvation. So after his sermon, these Gentiles told Paul, we're coming back. Everybody said out loud, what? We're coming back. And they did. The following service, all of these Gentiles came with family and friends. Almost the entire city was there at the church. So guys, listen, the key to getting the city to the church is by, everybody say it, what? Invite someone. Say it out loud again, what? Now look at your neighbor and tell them, invite someone. The key to getting the city over here is, well, you got to invite them. And that's what these Gentiles did. They invited all their family and friends, and almost the whole city came out to hear Paul preach that following week. Guys, revival happens. 
as a result of prayer, preaching, and pulling. All right, I'm going to say that again. Revival happens as a result of praying, preaching, and pulling. So don't be afraid to do a little pulling. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, come on, pull somebody. So the church, I mean, is packed. The parking lot is packed with people. All right? So Paul preached. And as Paul preached, the gospel message ignited two things. Everybody say two things. So Paul's preaching, and the gospel message ignited two things. First of all, it, remind, it ignited revival among the Gentile, amongst the non-Jews. They came to hear it again, and man, they were so excited. They were pumped with Paul's preaching. In fact, they believed. Everybody said out loud, they what? They believed. That's the first thing that Paul's sermon ignited. The second thing Paul's sermon ignited was a riot among the Jews. So a revival with the Gentiles, but a riot. Everybody said out loud, what? A riot with the Jews. See, the Jews were livid. They were protesting. No way these filthy Gentiles are going to be part of God's family. No way. You know, their tattoos and body piercing and their ungroomed mustaches. And, and that's just the women. You know, don't get us started on the man. Heck no, they're not going to be in God's family. See, the Jews didn't want to share God's favor with the Gentiles. So they pressured the city leaders to have Paul and Barnabas evicted from their city. That they were no longer welcome. Here a wonderful thing is happening. A revival, an awakening to God. And yet, these Jews don't want to share God's favor with the Gentiles. So they pressure the city leaders. They have Paul and Barnabas evicted. You're no longer welcome. So as Paul and Barnabas, you know, end up passing the city limit sign, they, they might have sang that popular pop song that says, you know, a hater's going to hate, 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 but I'm going to shake, 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 shake it off, shake it off. Everybody said what? Shake it off. I mean, Taylor Swift knows, knows that you'll never be shook up if you learn to shake it off. You're having some persecution. You're having some troubles. People are ridiculing you. People are making fun of you. People are criticizing you. Hey, listen, you will never be shook up if you learn how to shake it off. Everybody say it out. Shake it off. All right. So Paul and Barnabas, that's what they did. They shook the dust off their feet and they moved on in the joy and the power of the Holy Spirit to the next city called Iconium, which was 85 miles from where they were at. So they get evicted, shake it off. We're not stopping now. We're going. So they keep going. They go to Iconium. Let's read chapter 14 and verse 1. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. Alright? So, they leave this place called Antioch, big city. Now they move on to the next biggest city, which is this place called Iconium. Now, Paul and Barnabas, their first stop in this city, Iconium, was the synagogue. Because we all know Paul has a motto, preaching to the Jews first, and then the Gentiles, right? Right? That's his motto. So they go to the synagogue where the Jews are. 
Well, both Paul and Barnabas spoke there, and they captivated their audience. Don't you love it when you hear a message that just kind of grabs your ears and pulls you in? Don't you love it when that happens? Well, Paul and Barnabas captivated their audience. The message said that, actually the passage said that they spoke, Paul and Barnabas did, in such a way that many Jews and Gentiles believed. They spoke in such a way. Can you say that out loud? They spoke in such a way. Paul and Barnabas must have followed that old KISS principle when you speak. The KISS principle is, everybody, keep it simple with spirit, all right? I know what you wanted to say because all of you remember it. Keep it simple, but we're not that. That's not who we are. Keep it simple with the Holy Spirit. And so Paul and Barnabas, that's what they did. They got to the synagogue. They began speaking. They captivated the audience because they were keeping it simple with the Spirit of God. In fact, Paul shared his method about communicating with one of his audiences. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, listen to what Paul said in verse 4. He said, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome, guys? So he did that. Listen, theology and doctrine doesn't save. Okay? It's the simple presentation of the gospel in concert with the power of the Holy Spirit that saves us, isn't it? It's the Holy Spirit working in you, prompting you, bringing you, prodding you, and it's in concert with the teaching, the simple teaching of God's Word that you go, aha, I get it. I need to be saved. I need to change. I need to grow. I need to connect. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, not theology or doctrine, but the simple teaching of God's Word. The simple truth of the Gospel opens doors to revelation, inspiration, faith, and salvation. Here's the statement, guys. The Gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Say it with me. The Gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's so awesome. But before you leave thinking that doctrine and theology are irrelevant or unnecessary, let's continue the text. All right, chapter 14 and verse 2. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. So Paul and Barnabas' preaching grabbed their attention and was making believers out of many people, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders be done by their hands. So pretty cool. So Paul and Barnabas go. They're sharing a simple message. People are responding. And in the midst of an obvious spiritual awakening, the jealous Jews shut things down again. They're refuting and discouraging and slandering what Paul and Barnabas are doing. 
You know, that Paul and Barnabas' enemy wasn't sitting bull. It was spreading bull, if you know what I'm saying. But Paul and Barnabas, as this was happening, didn't cut and run. They didn't leave the new believers to figure out Christian life for themselves. They didn't. They didn't, just, they didn't go home and play Jeopardy with Alexa, you know, and just hang out there. They didn't leave the, the, those new believers vese modo, as they say. It said they stayed a long time. Say it out loud. What? They stayed a long time. So there they go to the synagogue. They share a simple message in the power of the Holy Spirit. People responded. They believed both Gentiles, mostly Gentiles and some Jews. They respond. But then this division starts. This poison starts getting, you know, they start being slandered. But they don't cut and run. They stayed there for a long time. In other words, Paul and Barnabas helped the new Gentile believers grow in grace. They helped them get rooted and grounded in theology and doctrine. So the presentation, simple presentation of the gospel saves us, but we need more than that. Look at your neighbor and say, you need more than that. We need to grow in grace. And the only way we can grow in grace is to be rooted and grounded in doctrine and theology. Listen, the gospel will save you, but it's theology and doctrine that will root or anchor you during times of temptation and trouble and trials. You guys hear me? In fact, it's the teaching of God's Word that will root you that will strengthen you, that will reinforce you. The gospel message will save you, but it's the teaching of God's Word that will root you and strengthen you so that you can stand during difficult times in your life. Can you say amen? In fact, Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 4. He said, Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So I'm going to pause right there and say this. So God send us pastors and teachers like Barnabas and Saul to help us grow in grace, to teach us God's Word so that we will grow and become like Christ, that we will measure up to Christ. Can you say amen? Isn't that awesome? But then he goes on and he says this, so that there will no longer be, we will no longer be immature like children so that we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ.
This has been another edition of The Simple Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Jesus changed history, and when he changed history, he changed the world. Throughout the book of Acts, we get a glimpse into the early church and just how much Jesus' life impacted those around him. Jesus showed humankind not only how to live and love, but how to spread the love of the Father to the world. Here at The Simple Truth, we pray that you learn to live and love just as Jesus did. And once you do that, we pray that you share his love with the world, just as the disciples did. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in the New Testament books. And we'd love to pray for you during this season as well. So please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together we stand.